drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is great to be on with you this morning. Good morning. Welcome back. We are live. Can you imagine? It's been, uh, I don't know, a week since we were live. It was a week ago today was the last time we were live. We spent this week uh, off for uh, the Feast of the Assumption. And then, of course, we spent three days on retreat, and it's good to be back in studio. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. It's good to be back in the saddle, you know? Praise be to God. I think we should do that, uh, like, every week. Like, you record double the shows right. every mm-hmm. week, and then, like, every other week, we have, like, uh, like four days off. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. this plan. This is a good yes. plan. Uh, let's, uh, let's not and say we did. <laughs> We will pretend that it's a pre-recorded show. We'll just be, we'll be live, and we'll tell everybody, "Oh yeah, this is a pre-recorded show." Yeah, uh, it'll be, it'll be great. It'd be like a hot mic situation. <laughs> sure, sure, mm. exactly. What could go wrong? Not, yeah. Yeah. Doing great. doing ten hours of shows last week was uh, less than ideal, less than optimal. Speaking of which, are we losing our religious freedom? That's a question we're going to ask today. Uh, Sister Didi Byrne is going to be our guest in the What's Concerning Us at 15 past the hour. Uh, we're going to have an interesting conversation about where we are at. You know, I see a great divide in the church, not just theologically either. I mean, there's that, of course. But there's also the divide in regards to mandates, lockdowns, and all the rest. And uh, Sister Didi Byrne is, is going to be on with us to conversate about that at 15 past the hour. At 35 past the hour, we're going to catch up on Afghanistan. One of those big, huge, breaking stories while we were away um, was uh, the withdrawal going on in Afghanistan and the incredible, disturbing video that we've been seeing uh, out of there. The fallout has been tremendous. So we're going to conversate with uh, Joe Kent. He is... Uh, uh, running for Congress in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he is a, a combat veteran, Green Beret, Special Forces. He also worked as a field agent for the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, his wife died in the service of our country, and uh, he's got uh, opinions and, and insight into the Afghan situation. We're going to be dumping into that at 35 past the hour. So a big show today. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. And as you might remember, Janelle, uh, her last day was on Friday, so... Uh, it's just the two of us, Adrian. Yes, sir, it is. So we will be, uh, hopefully, we'll be announcing something at the end of today, correct? We are. Uh, awesome. In fact, today I will reveal to you who the third person is, the new person uh, that's going to be filling the chair, the news chair over there, and the co-host position on the show later today. So if you want to know what that is, then you're going to have to hang out with us for the program because we'll probably do that either at the end of the next hour or in the after show, which, by the way, we are live streaming right now uh, to a brand new platform. So we're on we're on uh, YouTube, <laughs> at least for as long as they'll allow us. And then we're on Facebook. We're also streaming live on Twitter. We're streaming live to our own website, by the way, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But additionally, we are also streaming live onto Odyssey right now, at least 
At least that was the plan. I guess I should go and check, check the, make sure just we're to make that. sure we're actually streaming live to our own platform. But I ch- I tested the whole thing on Monday, and uh, and it seemed to work just fine. So uh, by by the grace of God, it's going to be interesting to be able to add a new uh, opportunity to stream. So check that out if you can. Praise be to God. We'll have a a wonderful show today. So again. If you can join us in the next hour, you might learn, for you'll be the first to know who the new replacement is for Janelle in the news desk and the co-host seat, all that coming up this hour. So I'm going to give you the news here in a moment. We're still going to do Saint of the Day, and uh, I have no idea who that is at this point. Saint of the Day? Yeah. Oh, it's no, a good you, one. You do, it's uh, a good one. It's probably not a Dominican. That much I can be sure. Well, okay. It's not. I thought about doing a Dominican, but I did uh-huh. a Dominican every day this week. Uh-huh. So unbeknownst to you, because you weren't in the studio, <laughs> but I recorded a Saint of the Day for Monday through Thursday, and they've all been Dominicans. So today all of them? is not a Dominican. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> okay. Well, praise be to God. And then we will do gospel reflection today. And then I think we'll just chat about the gospel, you and I. That'll be awesome. Fun. Praise God. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, then, of course, as I said, 15 past, we have Sister Didi Byrne on, 35 past, Joe Kent, uh, Army uh, and uh, combat veteran, Central Intelligence Agency agent, and so much more, father and husband. And we're going to have a conversation around Afghanistan. Let's pray and let's jump into our hour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines. Epic Times reports House Republicans will introduce bill to require the Biden administration to detail the amount of U.S. weapons seized by Afghan Taliban. It also reports judge blocks the Biden administration from limiting arrests of illegal immigrants as it faces record numbers coming across the border. The Breitbart is reporting that Netflix employees made millions of dollars from insider trading. Going back to the Epic Times, CDC director annual COVID-19 shots after booster not expected. However, she released some pretty interesting comments yesterday in a YouTube video posted on the White House uh, YouTube channel. It says the director for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said uh, in an annual COVID-19 booster shot isn't anticipated, suggesting that a third dose may adequately strengthen the long-term protection of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Uh, During the CBS interview, Walensky said that several studies showed that vaccines made by Pfizer and Moderna showed waning effectiveness against the Delta variant of the virus that causes COVID-19. She says, quote, we've also been in collaboration and discussions with our international colleagues, and they are starting to see a presentation of worsening infection worsening infection in the context of their breakthroughs, unquote, she said. Walensky was referring to the three different studies published on August the 18th on the CDC website, including one from the CDC's COVID-19 response team and the Vermont-based 
Lantana Consulting Group that found the mRNA vaccine's efficacy against infection plummeted to around 53% in July, uh, falling about 22% from May. Breitbart is reporting the Taliban killing people found with Bibles on their phones. Are you listening to this? The Taliban is killing people in Afghanistan. They find with copies of the Bible on their mobile phones. A Christian nonprofit announced on Tuesday. According to SAT7, an organization that broadcasts Christian programs to churches and Christians in the Middle East and North Africa, the Taliban is using, quote, spies and informants, unquote, to persecute the Christian minorities in the country. We're hearing from reliable sources that the Taliban demand people's phones, and if they find a downloaded Bible on your device, they will kill you immediately said Sat7 North, North American President Dr. Rex Rogers told Religious News Service. It's incredibly dangerous right now for Afghans to have anything Christian on their phones. The Taliban have spies and informants everywhere. Other Christian nonprofits and ministries that specialize in assisting persecuted Christians around the world have been sounding the alarm as well, emphasizing the ruthless nature of Taliban leadership. A Christian contact of one release international partner described the situation as dire in a report published on Monday. And those are your headline news. And now for the saying of the day with Adrian. The saying of the day is someone unexpected and something that I think could be a great teachable moment. And that is Saint Prophet Samuel. Ooh, like we don't tend to think about the uh, prophets of the Old Testament as saints. But today is the Prophet Samuel's feast day commemorated today, August 20th. The Prophet Samuel was the 15th and last of the judges of Israel living more than 11, uh, 1146 years before the birth of Christ. He was descended from the tribe of Levi and was a son of Elkanah uh, from Ramathiam Zophim of Mount Ephraim. He was born having been besought from the Lord through the prayer of his mother Hannah. And therefore he received the name Samuel, which means besought from God. Even before birth, he was dedicated to, to God. Her song, My Heart Exults in the Lord, is the thir- third Old Testament ode of the canon in the first Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. When the boy reached the age of three, his mother went with him to Shiloh and in accord with her vow, dedicated him to the worship of God. She gave him into the care of the high priest Eli, who at this time was a judge over Israel. The prophet grew in the fear of God and at the 12 years of age, he had a revelation that God would punish the house of the high priest Eli because he did not restrain the impiety of his sons. Eli's whole family was wiped out in a single day. The prophecy was fulfilled when the Philistines, having slain in battle 30,000 Israelites, among them Hophni and Phinees, the son of Eli, the high priest, and gained victory and captured the Ark of the Covenant. Hearing this, the high priest Eli fell backwards from his seat at the gate, breaking his back and died. The wife of Phinees, uh, upon hearing what happened in this very hour, gave birth to a son, Ichabod, and died with the words, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken away. Upon the death of Eli, Samuel became the judge of the nation of Israel. The ark of God was returned by the Philistines on their own initiative. After returning to God, the Israelites returned to all the cities the Philistines had taken. In his old age, the prophet Samuel made his sons Joel and Abiah judges over Israel. 
but they did not follow the integrity and righteous judgment of their father, since they were motivated by greed. Then the elders of Israel, wanting the nation of God to be like the other nations, demanded of the prophet Samuel that they have a king. The prophet Samuel anointed Saul as king, but Saul in this a downfall of the people, whom God himself had governed until this time, announcing his will through the judges, his chosen saints. Resigning the position of judge, the prophet Samuel asked the people if they, they consented to his continued governance, but no one stepped forward for him. After denouncing the first king Saul for his disobedience to God, the prophet Samuel anointed David as king. He had offered David asylum, saying him from the pursu- saving him from the pursuit of King Saul. The prophet Samuel died in extremely old age. His life is recorded in the book of First Kings and Sirach. Uh, in the year of 406, the relics of the prophet Samuel was transfer- for- transferred from Judea to Constantinople. Saint Samuel and all ye holy patriarchs and prophets, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, what commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't have a a tremendous amount of time to dive deep into this particular passage, in all honesty with you, uh, because I was also preparing the news segment. But, of course, this is, uh, you know, uh, the the famous uh, two-part prayer of the Jews that that finds itself in, in the Gospels and in our life. Loving God and loving our neighbor. This is the summation of the law and the prophets. Uh, the, the commentary from the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible said this, These two commandments, the 613 commands of the Mosaic Law, are distilled into two prescriptions. Love God and your neighbor. These summarize the spirit of the entire Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets. According also to St. Paul, love is the greatest theological virtue and fulfills God's moral law, uh, and w- here's what I love about that, because y- have you ever been married? Do you ever get married? Uh, what is the verse you chose? You probably always uh, go to 1 Corinthians 13 and St. Paul's famous passage on love. And when, <laughs> when we look at that, it is not talking about marriage, people. He's not talking about marriage. To love is to will the absolute good of the other person. To, to will the absolute good of your neighbor, as uh, Sister Dee Dee Byrne would say, be pro-life, pro-eternal life. To love God and your neighbor is to help people get to heaven. We're going to talk about that and much more coming up after this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Joe Kent, who is running as a Republican for the 3rd District in uh, Washington for Congress. He is a uh, combat veteran, Army Special Forces. He also served with the Central Intelligence Agency. And we're going to be talking about Afghanistan. We're going to catch up. What, What happened? What went wrong? Was it all worth it? And what's coming next? All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Right now, though, joining us is Sister Dee Dee Byrne, and she is with the Community of Little Workers of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary, uh, an Army veteran herself. Good morning to you, Sister. Uh, we can't hear her. we got to check the mute there. We're, hold tight for one second. We're going to... It's, we're just getting back into the studio after a full week. We've been on retreat, so we're pretty, we're pretty, we have to shake the cobwebs off, so to speak. But uh, can you hear me, sister? Uh, I still can't hear her. Uh, check, your, check your mute. We're not able to hear you, sister, so we're going to work on that. And maybe we can get her on by phone real quick. But, you know, back, we might remember, sister, she spoke at the Republican National Convention and uh, had strong words. And one of the strongest phrases in her, her uh, speech was that she was pro-life, pro-eternal life. And that really caught my attention as well as so many other people. And I think in a day and an age where we are seeing a rift grow within the the body of Christ, within the church, especially as it concerns um, uh, mandates and other things, uh, you know, it's important for us to stop, take a a breather, and really look at these issues. And the question is, is is our religious freedom at stake, even from within the church? And Sister is a board-certified family physician. She's a general surgeon who received her MD at Georgetown University School of Medicine and served in the U.S. Army's Medical Corps and as a missionary surgeon. And uh, and we're very excited, and hopefully we have this resolved now. Sister, can you hear me? I hear you fine, yeah. Praise be to God. Thank you for your time today. Sister, uh, is our religious freedom at stake? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to turn down the volume on the computer because I <laughs> hear you on the phone pretty well. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, we are. I just got a call late last night 
<clears throat> I haven't seen this really uh, documented uh, securely, but I heard that uh, some of the mainstream Internet, uh, Google somewhat uh, groups, are going to censor religious uh, commentaries. Um, and that's why uh, people like, um, you know, the My Pillow Man and uh, LifeSite News and others are going to a different type of Internet um, server we also were doing a special conference with LifeSite News about the, um, you know, the aborted, tainted vaccine, and it was called Stop the Shot, <clears throat> both last week and yesterday. And uh, last week, uh, John Henry Weston from LifeSite News, 30 minutes before the conference, their, life, their website was uh, cyber-attacked. Mm. Um, so we are under, and then when you think about the, what's happened with, um, people who might, may not feel like they should take this uh, new vaccine, um, experimental vaccine because of religious, um, purposes, we have from the very top, the Holy Father on to leaderships and like Bishop, Archbishop Gomez saying they're not going to support the religious uh, conviction. So we're getting it from not only within, outside, but within the church. I think that's very, that's concerning. very concerning. I believe yeah. it is incredibly concerning. We're seeing a, uh, a, a <clears throat> rift, a divide here, and it's in society, but it's also within the church. I mean, just this morning I found two articles, uh, one from the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, talking about how the diocese there is, is, not, is instructing all their priests to not... Uh, help with religious exemptions, as well as the Chicago Archdiocese is doing the same thing. So we're seeing that in some dioceses, of course, but then there's other dioceses, like the one in, in Colorado, I think it was either last week or earlier this week, that said, uh, no, we will help with religious exemptions. In fact, this uh, this article at the Philadelphia Inquirer said, quote, last month, the National Catholic Bioethics Center, which advises from a historic mansion in Overbrook, the nation's bishop and Catholic health care systems on issues where Catholic teaching and medical science overlap came out against mandatory vaccination policies in a position paper that laid the groundwork for Catholics to seek religious exemptions. So uh, it's we're being split in two here, and we're going to see, I think, this get worse. What say you, Sister Didi Byrne? Yes, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to get to, we're just beginning this big storm. Um, so I really want to encourage uh, your listeners to really stay rooted in prayer. I see St. Michael the Archangel statue there, and we need to put another one, Joan of Arc, on the other side of your um, great radio guy, because uh, St. <laughs> Joan of Arc, you know, said that when she fought the battle against uh, with for England, um, she wanted her soldiers to be in the state of grace. And what what that you know, what that meant was receiving communion frequently, to being clean as best we can by going to confession, um, to be rooted in prayer. As I speak, we're having our Latin Mass because I, I was wrong with the time. I thought CT meant Connecticut, not Eastern Standard Time. So <laughs> right now we're having Holy Mass, but it'll be for, um, see if you can see that. I, I'm zoom, zooming in our Mass right there. Oh, wonderful. Um, Praise be and God. And Father delayed a little bit so I could receive our Lord. But, you know, Joan of Arc, um, when she was uh, captured by the British canon lawyers, they asked her, Joan, are you in the state of grace? And her answer was just a prayer. She said, Lord, if I'm in the state of grace, please keep me here. 
Lord, if I'm not, please put me there. And that's all we, we can only be. We can't be presumptuous. We have to remain humble like our Blessed Mother. Pray her rosary because that's a reminder of humility. And But don't be afraid, as John Paul II said, do not be afraid. But be, pre- be prepared for the the battle before us. Try, try, try to go to Mass as often as you can because that's our source and summit. And if you can spend a little time before the Most Blessed Sacrament, please do that because um, that is where, as our founder, Monsignor Francesco Maria Greco said, it was before the, the Most Blessed Sacrament that I found the love of Jesus and the power of that love. Mm. It's before the Most Blessed Sacrament that I found the love of Jesus and the power of that love. And that's what we have to do. We have to, we have to pray, but with love in our hearts, and do not be afraid. And so I, I'm encouraging everyone to also, uh, you can look it up on the Internet, the Patriotic Rosary. There's 50 states in the United States of America. There's 50 Hail Marys. So we each, it's, it's a beautiful rosary. You pray for the president, um, and we pray for his conversion. That's the first decade. The second is the Supreme Court. The third is the state and the Senate. I, I'm sorry, the Senate and the House. The fourth are governors and the fifth are the municipal offices. And each state, we place the blood of Jesus over this. Where are you all? Where, where are we speaking right now? Are you in, um, well, we're, we're, Houston. we're here in Houston, but we're broadcasting across the South and the East Coast. So we place the blood of Jesus over the state of Texas and every soul in that state. So we pray that with each Hail Mary. We do that as a community every morning. I was just, I was blessed to meet with Archbishop Cordelion this weekend. I share this rosary with him. I believe that if we could get Our Lady, pray this patriotic rosary every day, get every faithful Catholic to pray, the, the devil will, ha- will just have no option but to run away. Um, so I don't want to take too much of the airtime here, but that's my little spiel that I would like to just share with your cr- incredible Amen. southeastern folks. I have a lot of friends there. I love them all. Well, we're broadcasting and, um, also in Massachusetts, New York, Ohio, Florida, Alabama, Maryland mm-hmm. and Virginia, Washington, D.C., Kansas, Oklahoma. I mean, so we're, we're covering a pretty good area by, uh, by the grace of yeah. God. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, I mean, you're, you're, you're a surgeon. You're, you know, not only are you a, a religious with a, with a great heart for, for our Lord and Our Lady and our church, but you're also a surgeon. And what, one of the things that gets me about all of this uh, division we find on these issues, these mandates, the, the, the vaccines and all of that is, you know, nine, I've had it twice. Ninety nine percent of people survive this. And there seems to be an overreaction that lacks some common sense. How do you see it as a surgeon? It's absolutely. It doesn't, I don't have to be a surgeon. I can just be everyone walking on the street. There's a big uh, as I would I highly recommend your listeners to to look up Dr. McCullough. He's a great Texan as well. Um, in all his studies he's done, there's data to prove that, um, first of all, once you get uh, COVID, you probably didn't get COVID unless you had a second time. It's very, you know, difficult to get it again. Your self, your auto, your antibodies, once you get COVID, far supersedes anything from the from the vaccine. We're seeing the studies, and sadly, Israel is now being our 
our um, guinea pig country that's being studied because over 80% of the population has been vaccinated and 70% this is written you don't have to believe me you can look it up I can get you the data but 70% of the people getting COVID have been vaccinated um, the the uh, the mandates to be vaccinated before you can go anywhere is is uh, un, is very is a, is a um, unbelievable. Mm. I have to say though, the hospital where I I, I do free surgery for the poor, um, and the hospital that I work at, um, shout out to Ka- to John Hopkins Hospital, they have accepted my religious exemption. Praise be to God. But now I have to go meet with the the mayor. Because she wants the in D.C. wants to mandate vaccination for all healthcare workers. Mm. So, um, but there's people who can't take the vaccine; they get anaphylaxis. There's people who in any vaccine. But I highly recommend that your readers get onto LifeSite News um, or um, our other website. And I'm blocking right now. I'll try to get that real quick before then. LifeNews.com is also very good. Yes, but there was a. Um, a talk on stopping the shot, and it was really just talking about the side effects, the mm. the um, uh, horrible things that occur uh, with the vaccine in women who are pregnant, women who high miscarriage or miscarriage rate. The, yeah, the nanoparticle goes to the ovaries twenty times more than average. Wow! But go to yeah, it's, um, it's shocking. But if you go also, I highly recommend your readers going to um, this website uh, to get very solid information. Um, excuse me one second. I should have had it on my finger. Well, we'll recommend uh, LifeSite News uh, as a great primer because we're almost out of time here. We're running out of time. Yeah. We we'll have to say goodbye here in a second. But uh, uh, there's a great article that we're going to link to as well uh, for uh, for Sister that talks about Stop the Shot is. And uh, LifeSite News is a great resource for a lot of those articles to include the sterilization uh, impact on women as a result to this. So uh, that's all linked up over at LifeSiteNews.com. But, Sister, uh, maybe you can uh, leave us with some inspiration for those that are going to be stuck in this situation where they're going to be forced to try to get these vaccines and they're not going to be able to uh, count on their priest. So what say you? you got 30 seconds. Well, I just think um, we we have to stick together. Uh, there are ways to get this letter, the letter out to support. You don't have, you can write your own letter. You can, you don't need a priest to write your letter. You write your, as on Amen. your own behalf. Yeah. And um, so do not be afraid. All right. Uh, Praise be that. to God. Okay. We're out of time. I'm sorry, sister, but sister okay. Dee Dee no. Byrne, thank you for your time. God love you and God bless you. We're thank you. God very grateful you. for you. All right. We'll be right back. More breaking news and Joe Kitts coming up next. Afghans. We're talking about it next. Are Christians guilty of hate speech for voicing their belief that homosexual acts are immoral and contrary to human nature? Many in the culture think so. So what can we say in response? First, it's not hate speech to say a particular behavior is inappropriate human behavior, given our nature as human beings. If that were true, well then any negative moral evaluation of behavior would be hate speech. But that's absurd. Second, the assertion is inconsistent with itself. Why can't Christians have a negative moral evaluation of homosexual behavior, but yet the objector can negatively judge a Christian's behavior for opposing homosexuality? Isn't he guilty of the very thing he accuses Christians of? 
My friends, it's not hate speech to say a particular behavior is not befitting of human beings. We must judge actions, but always with respect for the person. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and these are your headline news. California fire season sets records. More damage expected. Syria reports Israeli airstrikes near Damascus. The State Department spokesman says officials are aware of the congestion around the Kabul airport as desperate Americans try to flee Taliban-controlled Afghanistan. LifeSite News is reporting, quote, queer neurodivergent, unquote, teacher brags about indoctrinating small children into gender ideology. That's a big problem. Speaking of LifeSite, they're also reporting Connecticut University fining students and banning Wi-Fi without vaccination proof. Quinnipiac University has implemented a progressive fining plan a Wi-Fi ban, and a move-in ban for students who do not provide proof of vaccinations against COVID-19 that take effect at the start of the fall semester on August the 30th. On Monday, 600 students at Quinnipiac University were sent an email saying they will be fined weekly until they show proof of the vaccination. It was reported on CNN. Quote, The fee will start at $100 a week for the first two weeks of the semester and will increase by $25 every two weeks for up to $200 a week, said the email sent by John W. Morgan, Associate Vice President for Public Relations for the school. According to the email, these fines will reach a maximum total of uh, $2,275 per semester. The email goes on to say that if a student decides not to show proof that they received one of the novel COVID-19 vaccines starting September the 14th, they will be denied access to the school network and the school's Wi-Fi service, which in years past has been freely accessible for all registered students. Because, you know, you can spread COVID over the Internet, I guess. I don't know. It goes on to say, in addition to the fines and Wi-Fi cutoffs, the university website states students who do not upload their vaccination record will not be allowed to move into the university housing, unquote. He goes on to say, quote, we will engage in student conduct conversations with those who have not uploaded their vaccination records and assess other penalties until they provide the required information, unquote. The website continues. Wow. Morale will increase or the beatings will continue, I suppose. Let's go to the Epic Times. It says Taliban carrying out door-to-door manhunt, according to an intelligence group. The Taliban terrorist group is carrying out a highly organized door-to-door manhunt for people on their wanted list, according to the head of a nonprofit intelligence uh, group that uh, provides information to the U.N., 
Quote, they have lists of individuals, and even within the very first hours of moving into Kabul, they began a search of former government employees, especially in intelligence services and the special forces units. Unquote. Christian Nelman, head of the Norwegian Center for Global Analysis, told the BBC on Thursday. The alleged move is contrary to recent statements of the Taliban. The group announced complete amnesty to Afghans on Tuesday. In addition to this, in the last break, we reported that they're also going door-to-door searching people's smartphones for Bibles. If you've downloaded a Bible, well, then you get to be executed on the spot. Isn't that interesting? The Philadelphia Inquirer. Philly's archdiocese advised its priests not to help Catholics seeking exemptions from the vaccine mandates. The article goes like this. The Archdiocese of Philadelphia on Wednesday became the latest to declare a position. In a letter to clergy obtained by the Inquirer, it ordered priests not to assist parishioners seeking religious exemptions, joining some of the nation's largest Catholic dioceses, including New York, Los Angeles, and now Chicago, which have implemented similar policies in recent days. Uh, however, last month, the National Catholic Bioethics Center has come out in, in, a, in, a, in a policy, in a statement against said vaccines and supporting religious exemptions. And those are your headline news. Uh, praise be to God in all things. Um, you know, one of the big stories over, over this week when we were out was Afghanistan. Um, we were Monday, we were out for the Feast of the Assumption. We were Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on a retreat out in West Texas with all of our colleagues uh, with the Guadalupe Radio Network and prayer and time of discernment and uh, just, t- just to be together as colleagues. We rarely get that opportunity. And to see the news break about Afghanistan. You know, I served in the Marine Corps. Most of my family served. You know, my dad was Vietnam era. My grandfather, his dad was uh, Korean War era. My uncle went to Afghanistan, served there, was wounded there by uh, an IED bomb. Um, and it was, it was kind of crazy to sit and watch this situation devolve into something absolutely insane. To see the video of the people clinging to that airplane, horrific. To see the people falling from that airplane reminded me of 9-11. That was one of the most chilling aspects of 9-11. I remember vividly 9-11 and those, those New Yorkers falling to their death from those towers. I had flashbacks to that. But uh, I wanted to talk to somebody who, who has a, a greater and more informed opinion about this. And Joe Kent is our guest. He is a combat veteran, Green Beret, also in the, uh, served as a field agent in the intelligence community. Uh, he lost his wife in the service of our country. He is a, is a father and uh, is running for Congress out of his district number three. Good morning to you, Mr. Kent. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, I can imagine uh, what might have been going through your mind when you saw the video coming out of Afghanistan. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's um, had some experience in our, our recent post-9-11 wars, global war on terror, um, or just really followed the situation very closely over there, um, m- probably saw this coming. You know, we, we've known for quite a while that things aren't the way that our decision makers and our policymakers like to portray them uh, on the ground. You know, 
really the bottom line is, I mean, it's a long and complicated issue, but right now we had a plan to get out in May under the Trump administration. People can shoot holes in that plan or, or, or talk poorly of that plan. That's fine. But there was a plan in place to get out in May. Biden came in and for political reasons, didn't want to give Trump a political victory by following his plan. So he turned to his generals and said, hey, will this Afghan military hold until September? Because I want to change things and get us out in September. The military lied to him and said, yes, yes, sir, they'll hold till, till September. This is a well-equipped, well-trained Afghan army. We've been doing this for years. Sure, it'll hold. They lied. They, they knew that they were lying. And then Biden announced um, and gave the Taliban three prime months of fighting season time. I think people need to understand that Afghanistan is a mountainous country. When the snow uh, starts to melt and recede, that's the fighting season. So we gave them three prime months to plan this offensive and to gradually take, well, they rapidly took the ground um, to get us to this current situation. But that's that's what's going on right now. And so seeing all that, I mean, we're seeing, to me, it's tragic, but we're seeing lie after lie that's been told for the last uh, nearly two decades kind of come to light and unravel because lies always come out, right? And this is, that's the situation that we're in right now. And there's a massive amount of human tragedy taking place because of those lies. You know, um, I get that there's going to be opinions uh, all the way around on this type of a topic. You know, the, the people tend to, um, hold the party line of their political uh, perspective, and, and I get that. But as a guy who served in the Marine Corps, um, I know that the enlisted guy, you know, the private, the, the lance corporal, the corporals, yeah. if, he were to be, if he were to be caught sleeping on watch, especially in a combat zone, there'd be no question how he would be held accountable. It wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be a blip on the radar. He would be court-martialed for that offense. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and yet, uh, at the scale that we're seeing, the loss of lives, the loss of literally millions and millions of dollars of, uh, of U.S. tax paid for uh, military hardware, the loss of this country, the loss of those people. Um, who will be held accountable for this? Will anybody be held accountable? What do you think, Mr. Kent? I think right now we have to push as hard as we possibly can for accountability. I mean, that's going to start with holding our uh, elected officials accountable at the ballot box, because I think that's the only way we can truly hold them accountable. Um, and then we need to elect people that understand the full scope of what's happened, not just here in Afghanistan, but really with our post 9-11 wars and push for accountability from the military industrial complex. Because like you said, there's there's a partisan lens here for sure. But the failures in Afghanistan, the failures in Iraq, the, the whole global war on terror, it's been bipartisan. It, it really, really has. I strongly support President Trump's America first agenda. I think Trump's the first president because he was an outsider that went in there and said, we got to do things differently and get people out. Um, but we saw the military industrial complex. That's why my wife was killed, to be honest with you. Um, she was killed a month after Trump attempted to get our troops out of Syria the first time. So had the orders of the commander in chief been followed and Secretary of Defense Mattis and other unelected bureaucrats not turned on Trump, She'd be alive. The other great Americans that she was killed with would be alive to this day. So uh, I think that we have to – the one good thing that can come out of this this crisis right now that we're seeing is that it's going to be hard for them to cover up from all these lies, and, and we the people must demand accountability. I'm, so, I'm sorry for your loss, by the way. Um, it must have been an incredible, tragic, heartbreaking situation. Uh, you and your wife, I guess, were deployed at the time, and your kids were back home? We were deployed to, to different locations. So she was in Syria. I, I was somewhere else. Um, and yeah, she was she was killed. I was on a shorter trip, but uh, yeah, long long story short, she was she was killed. Um, and then I was informed of her death while I was overseas and had had to fly back and resign from my job in the uh, in the CIA to to take care of our children. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's kind of how that's how I got to this point. And then, like I said, she was killed after Trump attempted to get her troops out. So I, uh, from there, despite all the grief I was going through, I felt that it was my responsibility to kind of start speaking out on behalf of what I had seen in my nearly two decades on the ground fighting these wars and you know, the way I saw the uh, the establishment kind of turn on Trump to keep our troops there. All right, hold that thought. We're talking to Joe Kent. You can find him online, by the way, on his website, joekentforcongress.com. We'll be right back with more on Afghanistan and foreign policy. It's up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard the complaint that church is boring, that we just do the same things over and over again? Well, the problem is not that church is boring, it's that we are bored. We are the problem. And not just with church, but with everything else. We have lost our childlike sense of wonder. G.K. Chesterton says that children have abounding vitality, and yet they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, and the grown-up person does it until he's nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony, but perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It's possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McClain, keeping you informed and inspired. It's good to be on with you. Joe Kent is our guest, combat veteran, Green Beret Special Forces, and CIA widower, lost his wife in the service of our country, and is now running for Congress. You can find him online at JoeKentForCongress.com. We're talking about Afghanistan. And I know uh, I, I enlisted in the Marine Corps in 91. I was 17 because we went to uh, the, the, the Gulf War. Adrian, uh, how old were you in 1991? I, well, how old? 1991. I was uh, negative uh, eight years old, or negative seven years old, rather. How old were you when we invaded uh, Afghanistan? I was, I think, three or four. Mm-hmm. So what? I mean, so, yes. this must be interesting to you. Yes. Yeah, so my my question, uh, Joe, is, um, you know, for people my age or younger, uh, what what do we need to know about Afghanistan? Because we only started hearing about Afghanistan when we were like I probably was I wasn't interested in politics. I didn't know anything going on, especially internationally. Better yet, uh, nationally, uh, until I was like eighteen. So I'm only hearing about this these kind of things the last three five three to five years. So what do we need to know uh, about the history of us being in Afghanistan? Uh, get us caught up. Ooh, man, that's a tough one. Um, so I think <laughs> really the, the bottom line is, like, Afghanistan, as I think most people know, is where um, bin Laden and al-Qaeda, who are they're not Afghans themselves, but they found some sanctuary because of the Taliban, and they were able to deploy um, different cells that ultimately led to the uh, attack 
uh, of 9-11. So right after 9-11, we, we went to Afghanistan for all the right reasons. Um, I think a lot of times in, in our dialogues about the wars, Afghanistan and Iraq get kind of rolled into this, this same ball of wax, which they can as far as like the post-invasion phases go. But Iraq was kind of all based on lies. I mean, I say kind of. Iraq was all based on lies. After 9-11, we did need to go into Afghanistan. That's where bin Laden was. That's where the leadership was. We had a clear-cut mission. We accomplished that mission relatively quickly. We, we went in. We partnered with some guys that were anti-Taliban uh, fighters that we had maintained relationships with thanks to the CIA. Special Forces and CIA went in right away, toppled the Taliban, uh, took out some senior leadership of al-Qaeda. Then things went off the rails. Al-Qaeda escaped through the the, the uh, the mountainous region uh, on the border of Pakistan into Pakistan. And then we made a decision um, really without the consent of the American people because after 9-11, Congress authorized us to go to war to pursue al-Qaeda. Bin Laden escapes into a country we're providing foreign aid to Pakistan, and Bush decides somewhere late 01, early 02 that we're going to stop and we are not going to pursue them into Pakistan. Uh, we are going to stay in Afghanistan and we are going to build a nation there. And this nation is going to be a democratic nation kind of built in our own image. And it's going to become this beacon of stability that's going to ultimately deter terrorism. And then right after that, we decide, that, hey, we need to go to the central, the, the, the center of the Middle East and take out the regime of Saddam Hussein and a bunch of lies are told based on that. Um, but that's kind of how we got to this point. Afghanistan kind of gets forgotten about, um, mostly because we did a good job initially of kind of kicking the Taliban's butt. And so the Taliban sort of went to ground. We invade Iraq. Iraq becomes an absolute disaster that sucks up the majority of the uh, U.S. government's, I would say, bandwidth and resources. Taliban starts to come back in Afghanistan, um, and it doesn't become a priority again pretty much until the Obama administration, because Obama, he didn't have the original sin of the Iraq war on his record, so he was really eager to jettison Iraq. But he didn't want to look weak, because Democrats never want to look weak, and so he said, okay, uh, we'll, go into we'll go back into Afghanistan to sort of finish that. But the same cast of characters um, that sold this whole idea of nation-building to, to the Bush administration, their, their underlings and the people that they mentored are now in senior leadership positions of the National Defense Establishment, the Pentagon, the intelligence agencies, et cetera. And so wouldn't you know it, the, tool, the, the set of tools we decide to use in, in Afghanistan, it's the same one we use in Iraq. We say counterinsurgency, um, and, and, and for me, the bottom line as a special operator, um, we can do limited small strikes, and we can be very successful at them, but there's not a lot of money for the military-industrial complex and small intelligence operations, small special operations strikes. The, the uh, military-industrial complex makes its money on these massive invasions, these massive occupations, building up other armies. And so that, that right there, if, every, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so we go back into Afghanistan. Well, we didn't really leave Afghanistan, but we, double our, we redouble our efforts in Afghanistan on nation building. And that's what I'm talking about with the lie after lie after lie. You can read the Afghan papers uh, from 2019. It's all the classified documents that were leaked to the Washington Post that basically say from the very senior levels that we were lying about Afghanistan to decision makers. Um, Insane. And we just continue. If a lie is told long enough, it becomes the truth. And that, that's kind of how we get to this point.
You think we'd learn? I mean, think of Ho Chi Minh, uh, mid 1940s. Uh, we train Ho Chi Minh. We turn around, got to fight him. We lose nearly sixty thousand lives in the process. We we trained uh, uh, Saddam Hussein. That didn't work out. Uh, how about Gaddafi, yeah. uh, Mubarak, or Osama bin Laden? We trained all of these people, and we turned around and had to fight all these people or, or have issues with all these people, and it cost us dearly. And uh, the big question that a lot of people are asking today was, was Afghanistan worth it at all? And uh, the only opinions to that question, or the only responses that I've been paying any attention to, are the ones that are combat veterans, the ones that have had to bear the greatest uh, burden in that, as a combat vet yourself, what say you? Was Afghanistan worth it? Should we have avoided it altogether? Well, I mean, if we're going to take the emotion out of it, then we can easily say it wasn't worth it. I mean, I think that that's just if you're objective about it, it was not worth it. I know some of my fellow veterans will probably be very angry at me for saying that. But as someone who's attempting to become a policymaker, I, I, I feel obligated to say it wasn't worth it. I say on a strategic big picture um, and moral issue, it, it wasn't worth it. But what I'll say to all my fellow veterans who volunteered to go out there, especially after 9-11, um, that you answered your nation's call. To, to you, like, it, it was definitely worth it to go serve your country. I think we have to separate those two things. I mean, for our own sanity, one, but then also if we're looking at the, the case uh, to be made to get people, more people to serve our nation and really the lifeblood of our country is young men and young women being willing to step up and say, hey, America, I will serve for you. I'll fight for you. I'll die for you. But for us American citizens and then for our politicians, they have to safeguard that. We cannot squander it on these nation-building wars. We cannot squander – if we can't articulate to the American people what the national security objective is, how we're going to accomplish it and how we're going to get out, then not one, one boot should leave – U.S. soil and not one ounce of blood or one dollar should be spent on that objective until the policymakers figure that out and articulate it to the American people. So I think we just have to be sober and rational and say, like, this wasn't worth it. And we have to commit ourselves to never let this happen again. Joe Kent is our guest. Uh, he's running for Congress uh, back in his home district. His website is JoeKentForCongress.com. You can find out a lot more information about him there. But in the, in the last uh, several minutes of our conversation, um, you know, um, I want to know what's coming next. I feel like like we, we've spent 20 years there. How many billions of dollars have we put into this? And for the Taliban to just retake the, the entire country, like Alexander the Great, hardly even having to lift uh, a sword practically. Um, college you whiz, do the Afghan men want to fight for their own country? I don't know. But now we're seeing them go... There are reports. They're going door to door. They have a hit list. They know who to, uh, who to look for. They know who participated uh, in the uh, special forces and intelligence uh, work there. And they know who the translators are. They know who Christians are, and they're looking for them. And uh, this is a very scary thing for those people. Uh, what comes next for these citizens of Afghanistan that we are leaving behind? It's, I mean, it's a terrifying. It's, it's, a, it's a nightmare scenario for them. And, and I think our first priority obviously has to be able to to get all of our Americans out of country first, but we do have an obligation to those who fought and bled alongside of us to get them out, to get them somewhere safe. Now, I don't think that means we automatically transport every single one of them to America. I think that that's kind of putting um, our people in danger. Um, so we we do have to do our due diligence, and that's again this this just shows how horrible this this plan was executed by the Biden administration and by the DoD. Like there was no plan to even get our bare, bare minimum was get all of our people out and we still can't seem to do that or really know how many people we have on the ground 
but we do have to take care of our, our Afghan allies. I, I mean, I think a, a good solution too is the Taliban aren't monolithic. They're not the boogeymen they, they appear to be as in like they're evil, but they're not as powerful as they appear to be. There's a huge uh, anti-Taliban resistance force because the Taliban is by and large a Pashtun movement. And so like your Tajiks, your, your Uzbeks, your Zaras that are uh, up in the northern part of the country, the famous Northern Alliance is being reconstituted to some extent. So I think we need to get all of our people out, but through what we call Title 50 intelligence activities, I, I think we can support some of those folks to give them a fighting chance to keep the Taliban at bay. And that's just a more sustainable model. We can we can use them to keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on as far as terrorism goes and, and some limited strikes and just to keep the Taliban busy uh, fighting amongst themselves. But again, the, the, the main priority has to be to get our, our U.S. people out of there and then our Afghan allies, bring our Afghan allies out of Afghanistan can be done um, without having to bring them all right to America. I think some of them have earned the right to come to America, but we just need to do our vet, our due diligence, due diligence, and our vetting properly. The model we're seeing right now, like thousands of Afghans just being thrown on airplanes and flown to America, is yeah. just absolutely no, no idea who those people are. Um, but we, exactly. we, but we, according to some of the reports this morning, uh, there are lawmakers suggesting that Americans in the country, it's on them to get themselves to the airport. And good luck, God bless, hope it all works out. But in the meantime, we're filling airplanes with with people we have no idea if they were on our side or not. Ridiculous. Yeah. It, it again, this just goes back to the negligence. Like you said, if if this were a private making decisions like this, or even something like falling asleep on guard duty, that they you know they would be ha- they would have the book thrown at them. But instead, we have lawmakers that can just make statements like that, and it's like we have to have accountability for this, and we have to right now get our people out. I, I just can't believe that this is even an issue or a discussion, and Biden isn't moving heaven and earth right now yeah, yeah. to get all of our folks out. Like when when the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of Chiefs are like well, you know, we'll try and get everybody out until the clock runs out. Like, what the heck does that even mean? Right. And then the spokesman for the DOD is saying, like, we don't even know how many Americans are there. Like, <laughs> what is going on? But the like, British are sending in the British are sending in troops to get their people out. But uh, we're, we're out of time now. Joe Kent, we're grateful for your time. Uh, thank you for your, your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And uh, we'll be praying for the repose of your wife and, of course, your family and, of course, your bid for Congress. Joe KentforCongress.com is his website if you want more information about him. But uh, God bless you, Joe. Have a great day. God bless, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. uh, Let's continue to pray for Afghanistan and the people there and the situation. Let's pray for God's provision for a peaceful resolution to this. But uh, coming up after the break, we got some more positive news to talk about. We have a a sort of a game show to do, maybe, possibly. It's going to be a little different today because no uh, third player on the on the team today. But I will be telling you who's replacing Janelle in the next hour. So if you want to join us, you got to stick around. You can hang out with us online at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. What should I keep in mind when I'm trying to defend my faith? Well, number one, ingrain this into your psyche. 
The Bible is a Catholic book. The Catholic Church gave it to the world, which means there is nothing, nothing in the Bible that is contrary to anything in the Catholic faith, and there is nothing in the Catholic faith that is contrary to anything in the Bible. Always remember that. This is important to remember because a lot of times folks will quote a passage from the Bible that proves the Catholic Church is wrong. Whenever someone quotes your Bible verse that proves the Catholic Church is wrong on something, your response should be, Amen. I believe what the Bible says. As a Catholic, I believe everything the Bible says. However, I don't agree with your personal and fallible interpretation of that passage. And the reason you don't agree with their personal interpretation is because 100% of the time you're presented with a verse that proves the Catholic Church wrong, that verse has either A, been taken out of context, or B, the verse simply doesn't say what they're trying to make it say. Number two, and this flows directly from number one, the Catholic Church can be defended solely from the Bible better than any other Christian faith tradition can be. A good bit in the various Protestant faith traditions actually contradicts the Bible, so do not be afraid to engage non-Catholics in a discussion of the Bible. And number three, if you are ever asked a question about your faith that you cannot answer, don't worry. There is an answer for that question. You just need to go and find it. Simply respond, I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you. Then find out and get back to them. As Catholics, we need to reclaim the Bible. It's our book. We need to read it, pray it, learn it, and use it to bring our separated brothers and sisters back to the church. If you keep these things in mind, you have started down the road to being a very effective apologist for the Catholic faith. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good to be back in the studio, by the way. This is our first live show in a week. Literally, it was a week ago today that we were live last. Uh, So uh, praise be to God, we are back. We had a great retreat experience with the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's a wonderful opportunity to get together with our colleagues and pray and to, uh, you know, meditate on the the gospel, meditate on our spiritual uh, guidance from our our retreat master, which happened to be Father Mark Mary from the Franciscans at EWTN. A great guy. We had a good conversation with him. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Adrian, your first time to meet a lot of your colleagues. What did you think? Um, it's just allowed, us. You I, can tell me the am truth. Am I allowed to talk about that? Oh, it's just am us. I, just me and I'm you. Sh- you can tell me the truth. Um, it's fine. You know, I I think uh, 
No, uh-huh. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Everything was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was really nice, too, because I've spoken to a lot of our uh, teammates, our GR, part of the GRN family, uh, on the phone, via email, and I finally got to put some faces to names and actually mm-hmm. shake someone's hand. I've talked to Sissel and David from the Dallas station and uh, many, many times over the phone and uh, seen them via Zoom chats, but I've never actually got to shake their hands. So it was really nice to actually get to meet our uh, teammates across the GRN uh, so that was a really blessing, huge blessing. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, a lot of good times, but uh, we are back. And uh, we had a great hour last hour. Sister Dee Dee Byrne was on, and uh, what, what she was a great guest. And then, of course, uh, Joe Kent. We just wrapped up our conversation with Joe Kent. He's a combat vet. And, uh, Green Beret. Yeah, he lost his wife. Uh, if, both of them were working for the CIA. His wife died in Syria fighting terrorists there. So uh, he had a lot to say about the Afghanistan situation, which broke, just broke my heart going into the retreat, seeing this huge story break, the chaos erupt. And we even talk about Haiti. Oh, my heaven. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Haiti is so overshadowed now. To over, I think it was at least 2,000 people lost their life in the earthquake in I Haiti. it was more, but yeah. Was I, don't, I don't even know where it's at right now, to be honest. But it kind of, you know, the Afghan story just, you know, covered it and nobody's been talking about haiti so let's keep haiti in our prayers today as well so we will probably post the joe kent conversation later today to uh, youtube or at least when we get caught up at any rate um i'm not sure the sister dd burns will fly on the youtube yeah we'll probably put that one on rumble <laughs> yeah uh, we mentioned the v word a couple times yeah uh but you know yeah you know how that goes <laughs> so that was a part of the conversation we had with her anyway but uh today we're gonna have a great hour so in this first half of the hour this is what we're gonna do i've got uh news to share with you since uh it's just adrian and i today janelle's last day was last friday and uh, I will be revealing to you within in this hour uh, who's going to replace her on the team. I will tell you all about that, but you're going to have to join us for the after show. So you're going to have to stick around for the after show to get that information. Otherwise, you'll learn, I guess, on Monday. Uh, you'll, you'll be told then. But if you want the scoop, stick around for the after show, which, by the way, you can watch live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Supposed to be on Odyssey, but... I don't even know if it's working, to be honest. <laughs> so we'll have to look into that. We'll figure that stuff out. Yeah, exactly. But uh, praise be to God. So that's what's coming up. Oh, by the way, I'll be in Orange, Texas this weekend speaking at a men's conference there. I'd be grateful for your prayers for everything to go really well for a successful event. And Adrian, you're getting a new apartment. Yes, I'll be moving. So pray for me. I'll be moving in with some friends. So pray that we don't kill each other and uh, that everything is peaceful and works out well because uh never lived with these guys before. And if you any of you guys are listening, sorry, uh, this isn't supposed to be a uh, jab at y'all, but pray for them too because they got to live with me and then pray for me because I got to live with them. Penance, penance, penance for all of you. All right, so that's what's going to go on this hour. Hopefully you'll join us for the game show part. Um, we're going to get creative since it's just Adrian and I. We're going to get creative. We I don't know if we can open the phone since there's just the two of us, but we may. I don't know. Well, you have to stick around. 15 past the hour. We'll have a little bit of uh, creative fun with the game show. I may ask blind questions to Adrian and see how he does. It'll be kind of fun. And we may just find an excuse to give somebody a prize. I don't know. 15 past the hour. Stick around for that. 30 past the hour. We go strictly on to live video, and we will do the after show where I will reveal our new teammate. So let's pray and dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, and never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. 
Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines. According to the Catholic News Agency, Chicago and Philadelphia archdioceses tell their priests not to provide religious exemptions from COVID vaccines. The AP is reporting the Brazilian bishop resigned. This was in the headlines, a shocking story to us uh, the last couple of days. But a Brazilian bishop resigns just days after a sexual video circulated across the Internet. The Catholic Sun is reporting that a Chinese archbishop said there are three stages to the drama involving the church and the communists. Uh, He says, quote, the ongoing drama between Chinese Catholics and the nation's communist leaders has three stages. This is according to Archbishop Savio Han Taifei, the Vatican's nuncio to Greece. He said the current stage in the drama, in effect since 2013, is one of shrinking and getting confused. He goes on to say he compared the current situation to the outbreak of COVID-19. He said the 2018 Vatican Agreement on the Appointment of Chinese Bishops, the details of which have never been published, by the way, combined with the December 2018 Vatican recognition that two previously excommunicated bishops would head Chinese diocese turned into a virus of sorts. The Blaze is reporting that a hero New York Police Department officer jumped into action after a sick man passed out and fell on the subway tracks with only seconds to spare as the train approached the platform. The article goes like this. As police across the country deal with violence and protest against them, not to mention calls to defund them, it's refreshing to witness moments when officers put themselves in harm's way without hesitation to save lives and how appreciated they are by the public for their bravery. A video released Thursday by the New York City Police Department showing a a terrifying sight. A sick man passed out while waiting for a subway train in the Bronx. He fell on top of the tracks. Bystanders on the passenger platform raised their voices at the sight, knowing a train would rumble to the spot within just a few moments. Fortunately, a still-funded NYPD transit cop was on the scene. The officer had to work fast, though. It appeared to be a struggle as he jumped onto the tracks and tried to help the man along with another bystander. The man to his feet just in time as the train came barreling down. It was a pretty heroic situation. And praise be to God for all of our police officers that hold the blue line. The Pillar is reporting a New York lawsuit window has closed... And it's, is it possible for Archbishop Fulton Sheen's beatification to, to proceed? A two-year window closed on Saturday, August the 14th, which allowed New Yorkers to file lawsuits over sexual abuse well after the statute of limitation had been reached. The window's closure signals an end to hundreds of filings in the state over historic claims of abuse, but it could also clear the way for the long-anticipated beatification of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Sheen's beatification was scheduled to take place in December 2019, but was abruptly postponed a few weeks before its scheduled date. The delay came after Rochester's Bishop Salvatore Montano requested that the Vatican postpone the beatification. 
Cardinal or then Cardinal Angelo Becciu, who was at the time the prefect for the Congregation of Causes of Saints, seemed in December 2019 to confirm to USCCB communication staff in Rome that the decision to postpone Sheen's beatification was related to the state's Child Victims Act. Thousands of lawsuits have been filed against New York's Catholic archdiocese and institutions during the long, the long back, the look back window, rather, including the Diocese of Rochester. But no legal action brought so far has included any reference to mishandling of abuse allegations by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And so that begs the question, does this now open the way to the beatification of Archbishop Fulton Sheen? I, for one, and I'm sure Adrian agrees, hope that is the case. And those are your headline news. Yeah, probably not, though, unfortunately. But... The saint of the day is the prophet Samuel. We forget often that the prophets of old uh, were uh, the were also saints, are now saints, many of them anyways. The prophet Samuel was commemorated his feast day August 20th, uh, which is today. The prophet Samuel was the 15th and last of the judges of Israel, living more than 1146 years before the birth of Christ. He was descended from the tribe of Levi and was a son of Elkanah and Ramathiam Zophim of Mount Ephraim. He was born having been besought from the Lord through the prayers of his mother, Hannah. And uh, therefore he received the name Samuel, which means besought from God. Even before birth, he was dedicated to, to God. Her song, My Heart Exults in the Lord, is a third Old Testament ode of the canon from 1 Kings. When the boy reached the age of three, his mother went with him to Shiloh and in accord with her vow, dedicated him to the worship of God. She gave him into the care of the high priest Eli, who at this time was a judge over Israel. The prophet grew in the fear of God, and at the age of 12, he had a revelation that God would punish the house of the high priest Eli because he did not restrain the impiety of his sons. Eli's whole family was wiped out in a single day. The prophecy was fulfilled when the Philistines, having slain in battle 30,000 Israelites, among them Hophni and Phinees, the sons of Eli, the high priest. He gained, they gained victory and captured the Ark of the Covenant. Hearing this, the high priest Eli fell backwards from his seat at the gate and broke his back and died. The wife of Phinees, uh, upon hearing what had happened at the, in this very hour, gave birth to a son, Ichabod, and died with the words, the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken away. Upon the death of Eli, Samuel became the judge of the nation of Israel. The ark of God was returned by the Philistines on their own initiative. After returning to God, the Israelites returned to all the cities that the Philistines had taken. In his old age, the prophet Samuel made his sons Joel and Abiah judges over Israel. But they did not follow the integrity and righteous judgment of their father, since they were motivated by greed. Then the elders of Israel, wanting the nations of God to be like the other nations, demanded of the prophet Samuel that they have a king. The prophet Samuel anointed Saul as king, but saw in this a downfall of the people, whom God himself had governed until this time, announcing his will through judges, his chosen saints. Resigning the position of judge, the prophet Samuel asked the people if they consider, consented to his continued governance, but no one stepped forward for him. After denouncing the first king Saul for his disobedience to God, the prophet Samuel anointed David as king. He had offered David asylum, saving him from the pursuit of King Saul. The prophet Samuel died in extremely old age. His life is recorded in the first in kings and Sirach 46. 
In the year 406 AD, the relics of the prophet Samuel were transferred from Judea to Constantinople. Saint Samuel and all you Old Testament prophets pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origin had a lot to say uh, today on this particular passage, you know, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to refrain from saying something that'll get me in a lot of trouble. Maybe I'll say it in the after show. We'll see. But instead, let's go to Augustine here. Augustine says, for man is then the most perfect when his whole life tends towards the life unchangeable and clings to it with the whole purpose of his soul. With the whole purpose of his soul. He goes on to say, it is, ver- it is clear that every man is to be regarded as a neighbor because evil is to be done to no man. Further, if everyone to whom we are bound to show service of mercy or who is bound to show it to us be rightly called our neighbor, it is manifest that in this precept are comprehended the holy angels who perform for us those services of which we may read in Scripture. Whence also our Lord himself would be called our neighbor, for it was himself whom he presents as the good Samaritan who gave succor to the man who was left half dead, by the way, St. Augustine. Uh, praise be to God. All right, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, thank you, Veraboom.com, by the way, for giving us the tool to dive deep on the passage. But we're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling probably in a way we've, you know, it's going to be different since there's only two of us, and uh, it's been a week since we've been live in the studio. So we'll play, and I'll tell you on the other side of this break whether or not you could possibly win a, maybe an autographed Catholic Drive Time mug and join the mug club of the CDT family. All of that coming up in just a minute or two. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Plus... Shall I reveal the new teammates? Hmm. Coming up next, don't go anywhere, Catholic Drive Mom. Be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God, In a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. 
The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. And today it's just not going to be normal, and that's because we haven't been in the studio for a week. This is our first live show in a week, and uh, I'm, you know, dusting off things in my mind and just trying to figure stuff out. But we'll be back to normal next week. However, um, we do want to still, you know, lavish some love on our Catholic Drive Time listeners. And so we're going to do things a little bit different. Adrian is the only one here to answer the questions. Uh, so it ought to be interesting. And I haven't even picked them. They're going to be complete random questions. And so would you like to win an autographed uh, mug, a Catholic Drive Time mug? Well, if you called right now, you could be the contestant at 877-757-9424, Praise be to God. Uh, so this is the way I think it's going to work. We, I'm going to pick out some random questions. We're going to throw them at Adrian and see how, how, he, how he does with it. And uh, we'll give you an opportunity to decide whether or not you think Adrian is right or wrong. Now, okay, truth in advertising. You all know how Adrian and Janelle were tricky all by themselves. So you can imagine, you can just imagine how tricky Adrian might be by himself. So just keep that in mind. But we're going to give you some freedom and flexibility there. And then we'll send you an autographed mug uh, for your generous participation in the game. But if you're just joining us, let me just tell you, I have a secret and hidden agenda. Okay, but I got to ask you, just don't share this with anybody. Keep this just between us. But there are a few things I like to do with the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we typically look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something. Praise be to God. And then, of course, and then, of course, we like to have fun. We like to laugh. We like, we like our contestants to laugh with us, and we always enjoy that part. And the phone line's lit up. I know. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we also give out prizes. But today, it's different. It's special. Uh, we have sponsors, typically, and they give us some cool stuff to give away. But because we were out all week long, today we're giving out an autographed CDT mug for, uh, to, so that you can join the mug club. And then, of course, we'll throw in some other goodies. I've got some goodies in the back. I'll just give you a care package. Uh, and that's our secret hidden agenda. But we have usually three questions, 
And uh, we don't ask our contestants, so they don't have to know. We usually ask the two people in the studio, but today it's only one. It's Adrian, so that's the deal there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump on the lines. And if you guys called in, praise be to God. Thank you for that. We're very grateful to all of you who tried to call in today. But let's go to uh, to Frisco. Uh, calling from Frisco. Annabelle, good morning to you. Good morning. Welcome back. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing mighty fine. When's the last time you went on retreat? Oh, let me think. <laughs> About, well, I guess not official retreat, but um, went to the lake house with some friends. So you hey. retreat, retreat. We didn't get the invite when you went to the lake house. I wonder why. <laughs> I, I did, Joe. Well, yeah. were, I'm sorry. You were gone. <sighs> yeah, okay. The old you were gone excuse. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. Praise be to God. Now, Annabelle, you know how this works, right? Yes. All right. Uh, are you ready? I think I am. Now we typically would we'd have Janelle. We'd have, but Janelle's gone. She's she left. She, her last day was last Friday. So it's just Adrian. And you know how oh, tricky boy. Adrian can be. And I'll be honest, I don't even know what the questions he are. He has no so, idea. Whether or not I get this right or wrong, it's really a 50-50 chance. <laughs> <laughs> so he's flying blind, you're flying blind. All you need to do, Annabelle, is tell me whether or not you think Adrian could be right or you think Adrian could be wrong. Now, all right. here we go. This is all experimental here, I, I, Annabelle. I, I, welcome to the brave new world. Adios mio. Adrian, can you tell me? Adios mio. <laughs> Adrian, can you tell me, what is the name commonly given to the hood of a religious habit? Oh, that would be, if I get this wrong, I'm going to be very upset with myself. <laughs> it's a capoose. A capoose. Capoose. Ah, uh, is that like, huh? That's like named after the last car on a train? Definitely not. Definitely definitely not. not. Uh Completely different. Okay. You're saying it's a capoose? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. I feel like we had this question recently, too. I feel like we did. Um, If I get this wrong, I'm going to be very upset with myself. mm. All right. So, Annabelle, uh, Adrian seems to think that the hood, like you, you picture a Franciscan in his habit with his hood on, where he's got his hood. Adrian seems to think that that hood is called a capoose. Hmm. Is he right? Is he like, wrong? It sounds like the Capuchin monk, so I, I, I'm going to agree. Uh, Am you, I right? Are you sure? I don't actually know. I guess I'm not going to agree. <laughs> are you going to It's No, I'm so sorry. It's called a cow. You, you, Where's what? the buzzer? Cow? What? I don't, I don't know if it's right or wrong. Cow. No. The answer is no, it's a cow. It's a capoose. It's called a cow. I am looking this up. It's right here. I'm looking at the card. It says cow. See, I told you we were in a brave new world here. But don't don't fright Annabelle. It's gonna be great. We're gonna get you a mug. Don't you don't don't even sweat it. Let's just I'm just suffering with you, Adrian. A capoose, a hood or cloak, especially the long pointed cowl worn by a capuchin. Cowl. I'm sorry, monks. you did you say cowl? Uh, one more time. Ca- it was the capoose cowl? Is, did I the hear capoose cowl? is the whole thing. I heard cowl. The whole yes. part of it. It's a cowl. Mm-hmm, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I would give it to her. I think that's right. I think so too, Annabelle. <laughs> I see you guys conspiring here. All right, let's go with the second question. Okay, we have a backup there. We could always, I could be lenient, but let's just see first. Okay, second question, Annabelle. Are you ready? Okay, okay. Adrian, we're back to you this time. Okay. <laughs> Adrian. Oh, no. What happens to the vial of blood every year? Oh, I know this. <clears throat> a St. Janarius? You, would, can I finish the question? Okay, or sorry, no? sorry. No? Sorry. Okay. Go ahead, we, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> we're pros, Adrian. We're pros. Adrian, can you tell me what happens to the vial of blood every year 
at the miracle of St. Januarius. Yes, that would be the, uh, it would liquefy, and it's kind of a trick question because it doesn't always liquefy, but if mm-hmm. it doesn't liquefy, mm-hmm. that's a really bad sign. <laughs> it, it does something, but it could either be good or bad. <laughs> All right, so uh, Annabelle, the deal is, Adrian says the, the vial of blood liquefies as a part of the miracle of St. Januarius, and it happens, I think, either once or twice per year. Uh, is that true? Is that false? Annabelle, what say you? It is true. Survey says. Yeah. I, yeah. I assume that was right, because I, I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm using, I'm only using repeat questions, and I can't figure out how to press the right button I think to you save were, my life. But then, there we go. Well done, Annabelle. We're definitely going to be sending you a mug now. See? I told you, Yay. fear not. And uh, I'm picking <laughs> random questions here, so I have no idea what these questions are going to be. Uh, it could be kind of scary. I'm terrified, to be honest. It could be kind of scary. Ooh. Uh-oh. Ooh. I don't like the sound of that. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> we could double your chances, although y- you've already won. <laughs> so okay. This, okay. Is, this is just for fun, Annabelle. But uh, here, this is also a question we've asked before. It's a very long one, though. Adrian, we're going to go back to you this time. Are you ready? As opposed to. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, you, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Adrian, can you tell me? What is the mantle-like vestment which reaches from the shoulders to the ankles, opens in the front, clasps at oh. the neck, which is worn by the celebrant at nearly all solemn functions except the Holy Mass? I'm going to get this wrong, uh, and I'm going to be so embarrassed. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the cope, but mm-hmm. I'm like doubting myself severely mm-hmm. right now for some reason. It's what's worn during the asparagus. It's worn during adoration. Mm. I literally can see it in my head, but I'm going to guess cope, and I could mm. be right, wrong. <sighs> Annabelle, try to cope with this, okay? Um, but Adrian says this vestment, which is worn at all solemn functions, except for at Holy Mass, he, and it clasps around the neck. It's like a cape. He says it's a cope. Is he right? Is he wrong? Annabelle, what say you? I'm with you, Adrian. I see it. I can see it, but I cannot remember the name of the, the, the name of it. So it Coke sounds right to me. I don't know. I'm gonna say yes. Is that your final answer? Do I need to change it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm right or wrong, so I can't hit the button. You're right. Okay. God, it is Coke. Okay. <laughs> I was so worried. I was like, man, I am like losing all my credibility right now. <laughs> Well done, Annabelle. You did it. Praise be to God. You survived our experimental uh, game show today with one less person on the team. But uh, we will be sending you. So uh, when we get off, I'm going to put you on hold, and then we'll have to get your your address and information because uh, we'll be mailing you a a care package. And, in fact, before Janelle left, I had her autograph some mugs, so Janelle's name will be on the mug as well. And uh, God bless you, and God love you, Annabelle. Thank you for your generosity being a part of our game and having fun with us today. Thank you. Have a great day, Annabelle, but I'm going to put you on hold, so don't go anywhere, okay? All right. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio side of the show. And if you would like to get the scoop on who is going to join the Catholic Drive Time team on Monday and replace Janelle in the new seat over there, well, then you got to join us for the uh, after show to get that information or be on our Catholic Insider email list, which is on our website. So you can watch live, comment live right now at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. 
You can also join the email list, catch the podcast, and so much more. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Get that? grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Otherwise, we'll see you on Monday. Brand new lineup, brand new show, brand new games. all coming up next week. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Back to the After Show, where we get a little bit more casual about our conversation, and you get to drive that conversation with whatever is on your heart, on your mind, whatever you want to talk about, you get to discuss by commenting. So the trick here is you got to comment. You got to comment. So let us know, especially if you're a first-time commenter, we like to lavish some extra love upon our first-time commenters. Praise be to God. Uh, Good morning to you, Gabriel Riviera. Rivera, is it Rivera? Gabriel Rivera says, good morning, people of Christ. Amen, I like that. That's, that's catchy, I like that. I may steal that from you. Good morning to you, Sonia Morales. Praise be to God. Patty, good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us again. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Let's see here. Buddy, canine, good morning to you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. It's good to see you again. It's good to be back on live. Joaquin, good morning. Don, praise be to God. Josh, good morning, Susan. Good morning, uh, Tony, praise be to Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us. Jesus Robles, my friend, friend of the show. Gloria Diane Lopez, good morning to you. It's good to be back. Uh, Nicola, good morning. Praise be to God. And Monica, good morning. Uh, Luna Beam, are you a first-time commenter, Luna Beam? I think you are. I can't remember if you are or not. You can correct me. Uh, I'm correctable, praise be to God. Uh, Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Jeff Burrier and the family, praise be to Jesus. Jonah, Dominic, Sienna, Genevieve, and Elijah. It's good to see you guys. Christopher Velasquez, good morning. Good morning. William Hemsworth, that's good to see you. Pocahontas, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Tammy, Tammy, good morning to you. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, Justina's got her own account now. She's commenting on her, all on her own. Look at that. Um, Alan Smith, our friend, he says, from the great white north of Canada. <laughs> I can just imagine you, Alan, in like uh, a fursuit, suit, you know, like the like uh, Jeremiah Johnston, you know. Um, praise be to God, Angelo Bustamante, our friend. Good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. So um, here's the deal: we are, as you guys know, uh, Kenneth. Good morning. Your first time here on the after show. What? Hallelujah. Amen, Kenneth. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise be to God. We're very grateful for first-time commenters. Thank you, Kenneth. Yes, hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you for being a part of the Catholic Drive Time show today and commenting. We love our first-time commenters. Let us know, by the way, where you're from. We like to know where our first-time commenters are. Praise be to God. Buddy. 
Buddy K9 says, I had pizza joke for you, but it was too cheesy. <laughs> Already starting in, buddy. Already you're gonna make me go, uh, you're gonna make me go to town on the on the dad jokes. I love that. Praise be to God. Adrian. Yes. Uh that was fun. Annabelle was great. Oh, that, I thought that was a good show. And as soon as like I was like confident of my answers, but as soon as you gave me the questions, I immediately doubted everything. I was yeah. like, well, yeah. now like I feel it's like I'm wrong, but I'm like, pretty sure I'm right, but I'm now incredibly doubtful of myself. So I'm glad that I uh, didn't completely botch that. Alabama. Praise be to God, Kenneth. We're grateful to have you on from Alabama. We have new listeners? I was just... Yeah, Kenneth. I just played it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. He deserves it twice. I'm all right with that. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Now um, we're playing over ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer... Praise oh, be to God. Luna Beam is 93. 93. You're changing your names up on us. Yeah, you're confusing me, man. Yeah. Confusing <sighs> me. Throwing curveballs. It's been a week since we've been in the studio, and I, I, like, I couldn't get out of my own way today. Like, the, the, the cobwebs are real. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll have them all worked out to get back to normal on Monday, though. Uh, so here's the deal. I want to share with you the, the, uh, the insider baseball, the breaking news of who is going to be um, replacing. We've, we've, we've made a, a hire. We uh, we did some interviewing last week, and we, or the, I guess it was the week before. When and was by it? we, they mean not me. <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> don't worry. Adrian was definitely not involved in the process. So, <laughs> dodge that bullet. <laughs> dodge that bullet. We're all better now. Praise be to God. But we, uh, I, I'm going to tell you who that is here in one moment. Wow, still teasing. I know. That, wow. my, you know what my first lesson was at radio broadcasting school in 1996? It's keep people on as long as possible. Yes! Tease, tease, tease! Tease, tease, tease. Promote, promote, promote. First radio lesson ever. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just seeing who's on here today right now. Uh, Alabama. We were just talking about Alabama. Coleman's such a beautiful uh, part of Alabama as well. We had Father Mark Mary as our retreat master. Who I had never heard of before. <clears throat> Great guy. And everybody was like, "You don't, you don't listen to op- to uh, to Life on the Rock," and I was like, um, you "Probably didn't even know what it was." Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, "What's Life on the Rock?" Okay, uh, first host of Life on the Rock ever. Pop quiz, pop quiz. Who's the first to name the first host of Life on the Rock? Without looking it up, don't Google it. I wouldn't even be able to even give you Googling. options. I have no idea. Was it Mother Angelica? Uh, no. Okay. No. That was my only guess. I don't know. Anyway. I, I tell you what, uh, the first person to tell me without Googling it, don't cheat, then I will uh, send you a mug, an autograph mug. We should, uh, we should talk oh, about Glenn morality, Trahan's already morality of cheating. Glenn Trahan, we should. That'd be fun. Glenn Trahan's the winner. He says Jeff Cavins. What? Yeah, true Jeff Cavins? Yeah, true wow. story. Wow. I did not know that. You know, huh. uh, yeah, Jeff Cavins was uh, a host for Life on the Rock. They've had several hosts in, to include our friend uh, Doug Berry. Tony said, uh, first time uh, tuning in from Houston, Monica made me join in. Monica, forcing people to join us. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Monica. We need more people to force people to join us. (laughs) Yes. Because otherwise, they won't join us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much, Tony, for joining us. God bless you. God love you. Praise be to God. Yeah, amen. Now, just for you uh, first timers, can I just give you a a caution here, a word of warning? The after show. Uh, The after show is not like the regular show. There are inside jokes being tossed around carelessly. 
and uh, and so hopefully you'll you won't be swayed by that or, or you know sent packing. You know, you just ask questions. Yeah, just ask questions. It's fine, and uh, feel free to mix things up. You can ask any question you wish. Nothing is off the table in the after show. We'll, we'll conversate about whatever you wish. Uh, but we do have the CDT insiders hang out with us here all the time, and they know the inside jokes. So uh, if we say something that doesn't make it's not funny to you, give it some time. But I will warn you one other thing, you brand new commenters who are just joining us. <clears throat> watch out for Adrian Fonseca. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. This is just I have a I, I love my neighbor, uh, like the gospel. Adrian, however, it's questionable because he'll play us he'll play a tune that on the surface it seems like it's great. Okay. It seems like what what could be wrong? But when you watch the video from the tune he plays, it's disturbing, and it's not good. Well, here's the thing. I have no idea what he's talking about. All I know is that, hey, Janelle's on. Hi, Janelle. Good morning. Hey, Janelle. You know what that means. Janelle, I'm going to play your favorite song. See, this is what I'm talking about. This, this is what I'm trying to warn is, you about. This is grade A music. Grade this is like, a. no, like, grade, there's, there's uh, yeah. Gregorian chant. Grade there's, A. There's polyphony. S. Then there's uh, there's Handel's Messiah. There's Beethoven Symphony. No. But then right at the no. very top, no. Right at the very top, no. Is Sunset. Jesus is a friend Mm-mm. of mine. If, right at the top. You know, if uh, the, if the uh, if the Vatican was still burning books and 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 destroying media that's deceptive and and decisive, uh, well, this would be on that list. I'm just saying. Uh, Eric, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, Tammy. No, no, no. Don't read Tammy's. She says. No, don't read it. Don't read it. I'm no, 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 no. <laughs> Tammy says, remember, I'm, I'm, you, you are Switzerland, Tammy. I do. I, I loved Switzerland. I, I thought didn't you know were Tammy. You were Switzerland. I didn't know you were Tammy. She says, I'm Switzerland and need balance. Oh, she's saying she's neutral. She needs to hear not only the incredibly heretical song that you just played, but also the more orthodox version, which is the horde of the apocalypse. Well, well, Switzerland, thank you very much. <laughs> Have we scared off all of our new listeners by now yet? I'm Not yet. <laughs> Let's, we, can, we, we still have about 15 minutes to scare everybody away, so <laughs> but in don't my, worry. In my defense, I felt like I warned you about the inside jokes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, so here's the deal. Um, we hired uh, somebody. We had three great candidates, um, oh, and it was a tough decision, to be sure. Uh, but the, our leadership team uh, discerned and prayed, and we were negotiating, talking to this person, and uh, we were able to uh, successfully uh, come together, and and we're very grateful for this. So this person that's coming on is somebody who lives in near here, near the, the studio. This is someone who has a master's degree in theology, someone with an incredible background in digital uh, media. And has a, a real passion for the tradition and patrimony of our church, for evangelization in particular. And uh, we're excited. So this is someone who's going to be stepping into the, the shoes of Emily and Janelle and somebody whose name I will definitely get wrong for about a month before things smooth out. So sorry, uh, this new person, <laughs> as, as I will obliterate your name for at least a month. Uh, because I'm old and my brain works that way. And it's similar to other names. And it's similar to other names. Her name is Janice Valenzuela. Janice rather than uh, Janelle. So that's going to be tough for Joe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Poor Janelle. Two J names. I called her Emily for weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And I even wrote it in the show notes. Don't call Janelle Emily. And still I did it. So 
I don't know. We'll have to see. But but Janice Valenzuela, see, I almost did it right there. I almost did it right there, is uh, our new teammate. She'll be joining us on Monday. Praise be to God. So I will formally introduce you to her then. But she's from the Houston area. At least that's what she claims. Uh, and uh, and we're very excited about it, having her on the team. So praise be to God for that. So well, praise be to God. On Monday, please uh, give her a warm round of applause. Joe speaking in tongues again. Yes. True a bit story. Of, a bit, a bit. True story. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jeff, your family was on. Good morning to you and your family. I know your kids are all at school now, but uh, I'll offer a rosary for your children and their first day back at school. So praise be to God. Uh, you said, how was it seeing your brothers take their vows, Adrian? You know, it was a, it was kind of emotional. You know, I've actually I've logged the uh, my trip, so I'm going to post that on my YouTube channel later if you want to see that. I'm editing it right now, but you know, I just started recording with a 4K camera and I realized editing 4K footage is so much harder than editing 1080p footage. Uh but that's not here nor there. But yes. Uh so if you want to see that uh my experience there, uh feel free to check out my YouTube channel under Adrian Fonseca. Uh, but the, uh, it was good. It was good. It was, uh, overall, I really enjoyed seeing my brothers, my former brothers. Um, it was emotional because, uh, you know, I got to see, like, I was there seeing the, the friars from last year make their vows and I was sitting there, um, and I was thinking, you know, oh my, that's going to be me in a year. And then I ended up leaving and, uh, being back, seeing my former brothers make their vows. It was, it's very beautiful to see them uh, take their vows. Uh, they took three-year vows. Usually, sometimes it's two years. This they took three-year vows, and um, it was it was very nice. It was very beautiful. The Dominicans, I, I miss the Dominican chant, so we, I got to pray vespers with them, um, and it was it was very much a huge callback. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great a great experience. Uh, traveling alone has its pros and cons. The pros is you know I can get there early to anything and I don't have to worry about anybody. Um, I'm also I can I can go a very long time without eating, so I would skip breakfast or not or push lunch back to like three p.m. and I don't have to worry about anybody being upset um, and being hangry. But the downside is, you know, sometimes, especially when you're experiencing uh, things like that, like I went back to my old where we have, did our silent retreat. Um, and went back there and it was, you know, sometimes it'd be good to talk to somebody about about it, just like voice what's going on inside uh, your head outside. But overall, it was a great it was a great trip. I really enjoyed it. And it's probably better that I was got to go alone. I had a lot more time for prayer. got to sit in adoration, uh, visited some of the churches in the area. So it was a great trip overall. I loved it. It was beautiful. But uh, the worst and best part was I flew back home, took a nap, got up and got back on a plane to head to Midland. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, I do not want to fly again for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Praise be to God. Well, uh, I can imagine that would have been a very emotional situation uh, with the uh, seeing your brothers take those vows. Yeah, it was wonderful, though. It was very good seeing everyone. And uh, I got to see the priests there that that were, I saw my novice master, my old novice master, and saw some of the priests that were living there with me. Uh, so it was good. It was overall a good experience. But thanks for asking. Absolutely. You know, I uh, on Monday, we were off for the Feast of the Assault. We were, you know, we take Holy Days of Obligation off. And uh, because it fell on Sunday, we had Monday off. <clears throat> so I spent part of my Monday getting Odyssey up and running to live stream. And I tested it, and it was working great. And then all of a sudden, we try it today, and it's definitely not working right now. I don't know. Um, that's depressing. And I did discover in the process of my testing that it's not going to 
work quite like I wanted it, like I had hoped it to, which means given the fact that we're facing censorship out of Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all those places, we're still going to have to find other workarounds, which includes some big uh, ticket financially expensive uh, things around here. So there's, there's a project that I'm putting together, which includes upgrade camera gear, upgrade the technology on our uh, production side, because we're, we're using three different computers to do the job of what one computer ought to be doing. One system should be doing and does do. Uh, we're using three different computers to try to accomplish the same thing. So I think I'm going to be working on putting together a campaign to raise the funds necessary to upgrade all of our gear, upgrade our camera gear, and then upgrade our streaming gear so that we can uh, improve the quality on our website in particular, which is suffering through some buffering right now. But at the highest levels, when you get that, you get that uh, resolved, it would seem, and that is not inexpensive. Unfortunately, it is not. It's like $1,300 a year. So anyway, I thought, thought I'd update you there. I'll try to look into Odyssey so that on Monday we're hopefully streaming live there on Monday, but I'll let you know. Uh, otherwise, praise be to God, this coming up, uh, Sita, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, it was good to have you on. Um, our friend, uh, before Tony says he's already seen the video. Oh, praise no. be to God. Oh, good no. job, Monica. Good job. You're bringing people into I'm the sorry. fold. And, you know, oh, Monica, that's a work of God. And, you know, it's true. I, I, it's true. Monica, what kind of friend are God bless you, you that you would share Amen. that? Amen. That video with friends. I mean, just think about the psychological damage. I mean, Tony's going to have to have counseling now to, to overcome that. Come on, man. I know. Exactly. This is my point. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Why would anybody share that video with any other human person? Out of charity and love for your neighbor, you would, should never share that video. Because now what's going to happen is that video is going to be stuck in Tony's head for the rest of rest of his life. He's Isn't welcome. It? He's going to have to have counseling to get that out of there. You're so welcome, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say before, before I saw Tony's comment? <laughs> but Eric's like, you're in the team now, man. Oh, my heavens. It's hilarious. Um... I was going to say something. I forget what I was going to say. Monica, she's laughing. Um, this weekend, so tomorrow, uh, I'll be in Orange, Texas at the men's conference. Looking forward to that. And it's good to be actually in front of a live audience. You know, I've, I've had the, I've traveled all, literally all over this country. I've traveled through uh, Alaska. I've flown in, uh, across the Pacific Ocean to speak at men's conferences. It is to be something I love to do almost more than anything. I still do, but I guess with 2020 and everything going virtual, the like last year, the only time I spoke in front of an audience last year, because uh, we had a lot of virtual events, I think I spoke at uh, our Fishers of Men dinners in Alabama and in uh, Washington, D.C., which was awesome. And then I spoke, uh, I gave a parish retreat locally to the staff. And I thought that was fascinating. During a pandemic, I gave a retreat to the parish staff. <laughs> that was pretty fascinating. Um, other than that, I mean, like all the other events are all virtual. So this is my first men's event where I'm going uh, to a conference where the men will be in, in attendance. So I'm looking forward to that uh, tomorrow morning. I'm taking two of my sons. It's going to be good. That's awesome. But I hope to get a nap in before then and now. Uh, probably not. Yeah. We'll see. So but I got to go home after the show and get myself all situated thank you uh 93 
for sharing us. He said, uh, I shown a friend, but the friend doesn't care to comment. Hello, if you're watching, probably isn't. Ha ha ha. Uh, but thanks so much for sharing us. That's the way uh, we get our stuff out there. The uh, The best way is by uh, you sharing us with others, with your friends and family, Amen. people that you think will be interested. And uh, we love to have people comment because we talk about the things that you want to talk about, uh, especially during the after show. Uh, but we definitely take suggestions for our guests and everything like that. You just send that my way. But God bless you. Thank you very much for sharing us with others. Uh, Jeff says, we have Fullness of Truth Conference in San Antonio tomorrow. Father Calloway will be there. Dave Palmer awesome. will be too. Dave Palmer. So go go hunt down. If you're going to the Fullness of Truth, Jeff, hunt down um, Dave Palmer and tell him uh, we said hi. Yeah, amen to that. So he's going to be the uh, the MC tomorrow. Oh, super cool. So and. And he, he is having his show, Back to the Father, today at 2 o'clock. I don't know what the topic is. I know last Friday he did Superstitions, uh, which mm-hmm. I missed at a show because I was in the air when it was when it was going on. But I usually watch. But yeah, yeah. Awesome. awesome. I mean, the topic, it's usually blah, 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 St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, Pretty sure. Mm, Pretty sure. I'm, uh, I'm kind of offended. I'm kind of offended. St. <laughs> Thomas is the, the, uh, the goat. Uh, uh, he is the goat. Uh, goat herder? Janelle said that she'll be there too. Oh, super cool. Yeah. Jeff, so if you see Janelle, go hunt her down yeah. too. Yeah. Then take a selfie with her and send it to send us. Send it back to And us. we'll post it. Yeah. That'd good be awesome. morning to you, Melanie. Praise be to God. Thanks for joining us. It's good to see you here. Um, there was something else I had to say now. See, I'm old and it's getting harder. It was hard to get up early today and come back in. I don't know if I'm being honest. Um, the schedule this past week was this week Super was weird. Was weird for us because we were up late, and um, so, so late. So coming back and getting up early and getting back into it, I felt. And plus, I had to do the news today. I really felt like whew, it was rough. It was a rough couple of interviews in the first hour, but they the were good ox. interviews. But it was oh, it was they are so good. Oh my goodness! Uh, if you miss the interviews because you don't uh, listen on the radio, you listen on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, I will be posting those online as soon as I can. Though they were such good interviews, I especially really enjoyed, as always, Gabriel Castillo. Uh, his his interview was amazing, as always. But uh, we talked about parenting, excellent. And then we did uh, Awake Not Woke. I'm forgetting her name at the moment. I'd have to look it up, and I don't have enough time to look it up. But it's, her that interview was also excellent. It was a perfect uh, follow up with uh, Michael Knowles's book. Um, Speechless, controlling words, controlling minds, and uh, but it was like from a Catholic perspective, which I mean, obviously Michael Knowles is, was also from a Catholic perspective, but awake not woke was was more explicitly Catholic. Um, and our interviews on Monday and Tuesday, that was Patrick Coffin. He was also, I mean, we talked about everything. Like we yeah. was, we started off saying like, oh, this we're going to talk about this specific topic, <laughs> yeah. and then we went everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't quite go like we yeah, not exactly. And Tuesday, who did we talk? Who did we? Who was Tuesday? Um, I'm trying to remember. I'll tell you. Hold on. Mm. It, was, it was Father Frankovich was Monday. Oh, Father Frankovich. Patrick Coffin Tuesday. Gabriel Castillo was Wednesday. Noel Maring was, Noel was yesterday. Maring. And then uh, and today we spoke with Sister Aditi uh, Byrne. Mm-hmm. And then we also spoke with Joe Kent. Now, Joe, Joe was a fascinating interview, in my opinion, today. Uh, if you didn't catch us or join us for the first hour, Joe is a uh, Green Beret Special Forces combat veteran who got out and served with the CIA. His wife was also CIA. His wife was killed in action in Syria. Um, so it, he's got a lot of experience. He brings a lot to the table. 
And we were talking about Afghanistan, which broke my heart, man, just to see the videos of those people clinging to that aircraft and then falling from the sky. Oh, my heavens. That was horrible. And now the reports are out that they're going door to door searching for uh, the people that are on their hit list. They have a list of, of people that served the American forces, the Allied forces um, there, and they have a list of Christians, and they're looking for Christians right now. So pretty sad, tragic situation. Oh, there was also a report out this morning. I forgot to mention this. There's a report out this morning about, um, you know how China in, you know, flies into Taiwan's airspace and tries to run their ships into their seawaters and all that? Because the deal is, if you're not all that familiar with the Taiwan situation, when the communist government took over in China, the official government fled China and went to the island that is now called Taiwan. So do you see why they're so hungry to consume Taiwan? It's like the last step before total takeover. This all these years, you know, the the, the government of China was relocated into Taiwan. And um so they're really they really want to possess that. It's again, it's like the last step. So there's been all these incursions. They're flying into the airspace as I said a minute ago. Well, Recently, they started doing attack-based scenarios, the training like as if they're going to invade. It's not just harassment, like, which has been their mode this whole time. This is new. This is attack-based scenarios that they're training right off the coast of Taiwan. This is definitely different. And guess what the, the People's Liberation Army, uh, or not PLA, <laughs> the People's Army in China, uh, I forget the acronym all of a sudden, um, Guess what they told the Taiwanese people? Don't put your trust in America. Look what happened to the Afghans. Did you let that sink in for a moment? That's what they just told the people of Taiwan. Look at the boldness. They're training for the first time in attack scenarios. This is a very aggressive step. And they're telling the Taiwanese people, you can't count on the Americans. They will leave you hanging high and dry like the Afghan people. And we also saw the reports this past week of the Af the Taliban meeting with the communist government before they took back over their country. And we're now in this terrible situation. Isn't that something? Let that sink in. Uh, Nicola says, really enjoyed the interviews this week, Adrian. Praise be to God. Awesome. Praise be to God. Yeah. Uh, uh, bye, Tammy. She said, I have to go. I you, hope Tammy. everyone has a blessed day. Yeah. Praise be to Jesus. Amen. Um, uh, Buddy says, I thought St. Thomas was called a bull. He was called the dumb ox, uh, specifically for uh, being specific. Though, I mean, obviously it was written in Latin or Italian, probably. Mm -hmm. That's probably what they said. And it was sure. an insult. Um, they called him a dumb ox because he was a, they, allegedly he was a very large man, probably large in stature, not obese. Um, he was, and he would speak very, very little. He was very humble, very quiet, very soft spoken. Um, but St. Albert the Great prophesied that the one day the dumb ox would be, uh, his bellowing would be heard across the world. And sure enough, today, uh, we, he, he is the universal doctor of the church. There you go. The universal dumb ox of the church. Is that what you said? Mm. Something similar? Is that the, the dynamic interpretation? And moving on, Sita <laughs> said, I like the first one with father where he was talking about exorcisms and forgiveness. Praise be to God. Very Father Frankovich. Praise yeah. be to God, Sita. Yeah, she, he was a great interview. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Praise be to God. Yeah, it was a good interview. It was a little hard to, to interview him, though. Uh, because of his age, he was really slow. So we had to take our time 
I don't know if you cut that interview to speed it up. I'm not sure. Yes, it was yeah. uh, it was cut up a little bit and um, took a little bit of the pauses out. Yeah. So, but he was great. Uh, Nine three. Look at the Taiwanese military equipment and the CCP. They're also ordering M1 Abrams, but if the CCP don't get it right, they'll lose many on the beach and in water. Yeah. Well. You know, also fascinating in regards to that was the Japanese government sent, I think, five to six hundred of their uh, troops there. They call them um, Defense Force something or other. I can't remember their name, the Japanese, because, you know, post-World War II, they're not really supposed to have an army. But for the first time since World War II, they have placed troops on an island close to Taiwan. Things are heating up. Lots of prayer uh, is needed. Uh, these days uh, to prevent a global war because that would be absolutely horrific. Uh, absolutely horrific. Uh, anyway, uh, make sure you're on our, our email list and sign up for our uh, text message list as well. And yes, I know you're like, I don't want to be harassed by you with text messages, but it's important because of the censorship problem that we have the means of communicating directly with you. And uh, as much as I would say, uh, the, There'll always be an opportunity. There probably won't. You know, the email list alone, we use a third-party service to send those emails. Well, that third-party service isn't Catholic. That third-party service uh, is probably not going to defend us in our opinions on the dignity of the human person against gender ideologies, against the attack on the family, against the right to life. I mean, there, there's a lot of things they're probably not going to defend us on. And uh, if the pressure were high enough, they they would probably be happy to delete us and just not even give us the opportunity to download our own email emails on our own list. So it's important that we keep open lines of communication so that you are aware of what's going on. So I'm trying to do more in that regard. So the, the text list, and you can go to our website and actually uh, learn how to get on our text list. It's it's up there. As well as podcasts are up there. We're putting uh, old videos are up there. Uh, you can find the videos that YouTube does not approve of. We've put those up there. You, they're, they're also on Rumble. We're backing up to Odyssey now. And I will figure out why it didn't live stream into Odyssey today. I, I was really thinking, oh, this is great. And then it, it's a big flat dud. So I'll figure that out. And then we'll have an extra live streaming opportunity the nice thing about Odyssey compared to like Rumble or BitChute or any of those other places is not only can I live stream there, but you get comments, you get some comment moderation as well. Um, those other sites, the technology is just not where it needs to be. Uh, Odyssey is better than all the rest in tech uh, regard, but it still has its own issues for sure. Yeah, Buddy made a great comment uh, before we go because we're at the end of our show, but he made a great point. He said... Uh, when did uh, you refer to St. Thomas as the goat? Where did that moniker of St. Thomas come from? Yes, it's uh, it was an it's an ancient title of St. Thomas Aquinas. It, it's, it stands for uh, greatest of all time. Shooting out the shoot out um, the air horns, um, but come yes. on, man. Um, mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, this just in: LeBron James. <laughs> Uh, Lambast, a Catholic radio producer, for stealing his title from him. Uh, it's not my fault that, I mean, St. Thomas. It's all over Twitter. Universal doctor of the church sounds like a goat to me. Goat. I'm just saying. Greatest of I'm all time? I'm just saying. You really think so? Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. He's no, you know, blessed, d- blessed Dun Scotus is okay, but you know. Are you saying they didn't give that title to Carl Reiner? I was, what? what? No, I bet you nobody mm. listening knows who Carl Reiner is. Mm. Comment if you know.